Okay, I'm wearing these really cool glasses. I want to give a shout out to Angelina. Thank you, sweetie. So yesterday, my wife and I, uh, my wife and I competed in a powerlifting competition down in Sacramento, and we had a whole lot of support from the church came out. Diana came out, Jenna came out, Elena came out, and Angelina came out. And they had cool signs, BB's number one, let's go Chris. It was, uh, it was a great event. So I came in this morning, and I asked her, I was like, well, what did you think? And she's like, she's like yeah, she goes, it was actually kind of really cool. And she made me these glasses, and she asked me to come up and preach in them. I said, I'll go up and wear the glasses and give you a shout out, but I'm not going to preach in them the whole time. Oh, come on. No. I, it, I was, it, was, it took me enough just to wear them up here. I, was, I love the way everybody kept looking at me as I had them on. They're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I, Dale got up here with the annou- and got ready to make the announcement. She looked in the back. We made eye contact, and I just saw her just start laughing in her laughing. <laughs> what's going on there? All right, guys, you know what story we're in. We're in Abraham, right? We're in Abraham. We've been in Abraham for a while. And uh, today's message is going to be pretty good because it's a very, very, very confusing twist to the life of Abraham. And uh, so, you know, there's some things I want to look at. You know, there's things that I want to point out that, uh, that I have to evaluate when I read this story, you know. And the things that I ask myself is, what do I treasure? What do I treasure? What do you treasure? Possessions? Your home? Security and sanct, sanct, you know, the uh, sanctuary of your home is not something to play with lightly, right? Mike was out of his home for a while with a, a mold thing, and they rebuilt his house, and Mike was displaced in a hotel. And, you know, Mike was probably clicking his heels saying, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. You know, I mean, what do you treasure? Your vocation, your job, it pays your bills, right? You know, I tell people this. I say, every decision we make in life sometimes shouldn't be based off fear. It should be based off faith as a Christian, but it's based off fear. Every decision you make sometimes is based off of fear. When my alarm goes off in the morning, I wake up because of fear. Because if I don't wake up, I might not get ready and go to work. And if I don't go to work, I won't keep my job. And if I don't keep my job, I won't be able to provide for my family. And I won't be able to keep this house. So fear wakes me up in the morning to go to work. Crazy thought, right? But it's true. You know, what what else do you treasure? Your dreams? Do you have dreams? Hopes? And you treasure them, right? They're close to the heart. Time. Time's just something you can't get back either. Time's the most valuable gift that I think most people let slip by. I said this to myself the other day. I was like, man, I was like, I would hate one day to wake up and be old and realize that all my time is gone because I sat for four hours in front of this little plastic thing that I pay for every month. I don't want to live that way. What else do you treasure? Do you treasure your relationships? Right. Your spouse, your significant other, your parents, your children, right? They're treasures to us, right? Got a question for you. Are you willing to give these up? Am I willing to give those up? Am I? I could stare in the mirror all day, ask that question, and probably lie to myself. Yep, I'm totally okay to give those things up. I don't know. 
about trust? Who do you trust? Who do you trust? Usually most people say, I don't trust nobody but me. Well, let me tell you what I've learned from my own personal life experiences. I don't even trust me because I will do myself dirty. I have made bad decisions for myself countless times when I knew that that decision was not going to be a good decision, but I lied to myself in my subconscious and in my conscious thoughts, and I acted out on my lie, and I believed myself. I can't even trust myself in my thoughts sometimes, right? But who do you trust? Who do you trust? Do you trust God? Yeah, I led you to that. I led you right into it. It was like a card trick. I forced the card on you. All these things that you want to treasure, all these things that you think they're important, you can't even trust yourself. And then, I, and then I slipped this card on you and I forced it. I said, well, who can you trust? And you went, God. Do you? Do you trust God? Do you trust God when things don't make sense? I know we trust God. I'm not saying, I'm not saying none of you guys trust God. I know we trust God. That's weird. I have a weird thing when it comes to trusting God. I trust God in the big stuff, which a lot of people don't, and I sweat the small stuff. I never stress about work. I don't stress about my career. I don't stress about my bills. I don't stress about things that a lot of people stress about. I don't stress and have thoughts of, oh, I don't want to lose my house. Oh, I don't want this. I don't, I don't do that. I stress over dumb things. I stress over the cat litter that I just stepped on. Because the cat's kicked it out of the box. I stress on, oh, I gotta go back upstairs and I just left that room because I got 14,000 thoughts in my head and I went into that room to get something and when I walked in there, I didn't know what I needed and then I went back downstairs and then I remember what I needed and that frustrates me. I stress over stupid stuff. But I don't stress over the big stuff. But do I? Do you trust God when things don't make sense? And when that happens, do you trust him anyways? That's a hard yes for a lot of us. It's a hard yes. It really is. Dee, I'm so glad to have you here. Dee is 90 years old, you guys. 90 years old. 90 years young. She's here at church. She's faithful. So when I see that Dee's sitting here at 90 years old, and I ask all these questions, I know that Dee can identify with the struggles of being a human with the struggles of trusting God, with the struggles of carrying our faith and when things don't make sense. I know Dee's shared with me a few things in her life that for most of us would not make sense. Well, let's look at the life of Abraham again. And we moved out of, it, on the back of your pamphlet, it shows like we're going through a series. We're now in the confidence, the confidence of Abraham. Because the confidence that Abraham's been waiting for is this promised son. Okay, so here's the confidence of Abraham. Uh, it is in your bulletin. I'm going to read from it. Attested faith. Genesis 22, 1 through 24. Because you guys know we teach from the Bible. I teach from the Bible. I read scripture every week. I don't come up here and tell you all these wonderful, weird, strange things that I want to share with you. I, I'm sharing with you my heart based off scripture, and I'm going to share that scripture with you. I'm going to show you what I pulled out of it, and that's what we do. We teach from the Word of God. We're a doctrinal church. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. How many times have you ever heard people say, God doesn't test us? God's not going to test us. God wouldn't test people. The Bible says that God doesn't test us. And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, 
There's an exclamation point there. We'll get your attention. Anytime there's an exclamation point, we're getting your attention. Abraham! And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Well, doesn't he have another son? Okay, but this is the promised son. Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So this was a little journey. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. So now Isaac's going to carry this wood. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. Now there's some concern and some alarming things that are going on in this story. And here you're going to hear a level of concern in the story. Uh, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Hey, take a look. The fire and the wood, we got everything. But where is the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. The lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Now, Isaac raises this question and this concern because he's concerned. Anybody here a salesman? I'm a salesman. So I know how to not directly say what I'm trying to figure out. That's what, uh, that's what Isaac's doing in this story. Hey, Dad, uh, we got the wood, we got the fire, but we don't have the burnt offering. If he had no concern, he wouldn't have asked this question. He wouldn't have brought this up. He wouldn't have brought it up to his attention like, something's not right here. But he's saying, something's not right here. It says, so they, then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there. Now this, 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 this goes right into it. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. I would be freaking out. There's no in between the lines here but you've got to make your own. It says, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Could you do that to your kid? If God told you to, you already got people looking at you like you're strange. You know how the world feels about believing in something they can't see. But you do. You believe in him. And now he's told you to take the only son that he promised you and to slay him. And then your son had some concern on the way and you said, don't worry, son. Just shut up. Keep going. And then you get your kid up there and you tie him up and now you have the knife in the air and you are about to plunge your son through the heart. 
the Bible is a very rated X book. There is some stuff in here. This is not rated PG. This is not rated R. This, the Bible has some stuff in here that will blow you away. Read it. If you have not read your Bible from cover to cover, I highly encourage it. Plus, it gives you something to say, hey, Chris, hey, Pastor, you said something one week, but I read something different. Probably won't happen, but you can try. <laughs> All right, I love it. You got a challenge. Everybody go home and read your word. It says, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from who? Me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went, took the ram. And offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. I think if I was Isaac, I would have trust issues for the rest of my life with my dad. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, Be by myself I have sworn. You ever seen the Bible says, don't swear on this, don't swear on that. You've had everybody tell you your whole life, don't swear to God. God does this right here. It was in my notes in my, in, my, in my Bible. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. This is the Lord making an oath on his own name. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. God has made this same promise to Abraham how many times now? Many times. And there was no do this, do that. You know, here's the promise. Cool. Here's the promise. Cool. Here's the promise. Okay, cool. Hey, I'm going to lie over here a little bit. Okay, let me bring you back in. Okay, here's the promise. Here's the promise. Okay, now you have the promise. Now take your kid and go kill him up here. Give him to me. And then he does it. He's willing to do it. What do you treasure? Do you trust God? I don't know how to say yes to that. If, if God told me to go sacrifice my son Chris Jr., I don't know if I would have been willing to do that. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose, and they went together to Bathsheba, and Abraham dwelt at Bathsheba. Now it came to pass after these things, was, uh, it was told Abraham, saying, Indeed, Milcah has also borne children to your brother Nahor, Huz is firstborn, Booz his brother, Chemuel the father of Aram, Chesed, Hezo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethwell. And Bethwell begot Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Ruma, also bore Tebah, Gaham, Thahash, and Makah. You know, I used to watch pastors go up and say all those names like that real fast and be like, man, and I tried to read it in my Bible and none of them made sense, and here I am just spitting them out. Thank you, God. I wrote my note here. The last section of scripture right there gives a list of Aramean tribes, and that's to set you up for a background of the family in Nahor. Why? Because Isaac will later return to that family to get a wife. That's why that's in there. So let's take a look at some trust, some crazy things, why you would probably, why you would probably not be willing to do this. Why this would seem extremely confusing? Well, let's take a look at Abraham's rough journey. 
There's a rough journey here. We're going to get some backstory before we get into this. The first thing that Abraham had to do at 75 years old, there's only one person in the room plus 75. So at 75 years old, I want you to leave your father's house, everything you know. That would be like you being born and raised in Yuba City. You went to school here. You were a honker. You went to Yuba College. You worked in Woodland. You stayed here. You worked forever. You even retired. You've grown a small business. Your nephew's in the small business. You're retired. You own a walnut orchard out here. You're done. God shows up and says, time for you to go. 75 years old. He does it. He goes down to the promised land, and what happens there? There's a famine in the land, a famine so bad he has to leave and go to Egypt. What did he do in Egypt? Lie. Then what happened after that? Well, he had to fight off enemies in a war. There was five kingdoms that were at war while he was down there. Not in Egypt, I'm sorry, he was back. What else happened? Well, he had a fear of death twice. This is two times he lied. Fear of death twice. He went to Egypt. He said, they're going to kill me for my wife. Say you're my sister. Then with King Abimelech, same thing. They're going to kill me. Say you're my wife. Then Abimelech said, why would you do this thing to me? And then he said, well, she actually really is my sister because she's the daughter of my father. Found that out. How about something else that he did on this journey? He forced God's will. God said, I'm going to give you a son. Many years into the promise, he, him and Sarah gave up. So he was with his concubine and had Ishmael. Right? How about this? He has been waiting 25 years for the kid. 25 years. Backstory here to what's going on. 25 years of waiting for this child. So at 75, another quarter century goes by. Right? You're like, what's going on, God? And after all that time, we run into what? 25 years, all this stuff you've gone through, you've trusted this God that you don't see. You've trusted him. 25 years have gone by. And then you run into what I call the final exam. Put in six years for your major, and now they're going to test you on everything and make you, make you write a 75-page thesis. Let's see how smart you really are. Let me see if you impress me. Well, what did we learn? Abraham's faith is unwavering. Insane. Crazy. We don't use weird at Foursquare. Strange. Unbelievable. I'm shocked. If I look at that life and what's happened to this guy in the last 25 years to want to take my son and go up and sacrifice him. His faith is unwavering, you guys. How about the best part? No questions asked. God, it doesn't say that he sat there and had a conversation with God. Are you sure? Isaac? Not Ishmael? No, no. Your only son, Isaac. You notice that God said that in the story? I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and he's going to be the burnt offering. No questions asked. So what does Abraham do? What most of us struggle with, but we do on a daily basis. He walked in blind faith. He just said, yes. I would like to hope and believe that he trusted that there was going to be a substitution. Right? 
I know that in his heart he wanted to believe that God was going to change the circumstances because that's what we do when we can't understand why God's doing something that seems really confusing. We're like, okay, I'm going to go through with this because I'm believing on God to do the supernatural if I do the natural, right? That's what we always pray. That's my, that's my, that's my, that's my cliche statement, right? Pastor Chris. Do what you can in the natural and let God do the supernatural. That's what I believe that Abraham was doing in this story. I'm going to trust God because I, I, I know that God's going to do something amazing. So he did it. Well, I love this part in the story. The Lord will provide. That's what he told Isaac. You remember? The Lord will provide the burnt offering. Why? Why did, why, did, why did Abraham bring this up? Because Isaac was concerned. I wrote that down. I told you that earlier. Isaac is concerned. I would be... Best word I have for that is, I would be tripping. I'm like, what? Dad. We don't even have something to offer. We're going into no man's land. You're talking about going up in the mountains. I don't see any wildlife along the way. Just to hunt, we got to get a bow and arrow and hide. Animals are not easy to hunt down. God will provide, son. So what's Abraham doing here? He's running on trust, what I told you guys. I believe Abraham is doing what he can in the natural and trusting God to do the supernatural. It's in Genesis 22, verses 7 through 8. I got those listed there. How about this, you guys? Well, what happens? We knew that the Lord was going to provide. Well, what did God do? The Lord provides. The Lord showed up. 13 seconds on the clock. Change the game. That's all it takes, guys. 13 seconds. Right? Remember when, um, remember when Moses and all the children left Egypt? And they went out and they left and they took their stuff. The Egyptians gave them their treasures. And they'd been slaves in the land. They'd been there 400 years. Pharaoh wasn't happy. They were leaving. They'd already left. They've already committed. They're chasing us. And they got to the edge of the sea. And they're like, what was their thoughts? We're dead. We're dead in the water. I'm a sacrifice about to get burned up and stabbed by my dad. And what did God do right then and there? He parted the Red Sea in the last final seconds. That's what God does. The Lord provides right when you least expect it. God will take you right up to your boiling point and change the circumstances. Right? How many times has he done that? I cannot tell. I can't count on my hands. The number of times God has shown up in a circumstance in my life where I'm like, and boom, God shows up. And I'm like, wow. And I get to testify about it. Amen? So what happened when the Lord provided? He gave relief from his burden. Abraham had burden here. I'm about to sacrifice the son I was promised to the God that gave him to me. He was relieved from his burden. And what was provided? An acceptable offering. An acceptable offering. Why is that important? Well, I'm going to tell you in some of the parallels. I wrote those verses that you can correlate. The Lord provides relief from his burden. Acceptable offering is 22, 9 through 14. Abraham's faith is what? 
confirmed. You know, Abraham, you left your dad's house 25 years ago. You got hungry and you made some split decisions. You shot from the hip, you went to Egypt. You lied, I took care of you there. You came out with more than you started with. You went out into this other land, a lot separated from you. I know you saved him from war. I know I made you wait 25 years for a son, and then I asked you to give him to me, and you were willing to do it. You are now confirmed. Wow. Are you not glad that God doesn't put us sometimes through these types of tests? Has God made you wait 25 years? Did God ask you to give up your kid? Parallel to the story coming up. He withheld nothing. He was willing to give up his only son. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Abraham withheld nothing. And because of that, what? All nations are blessed. Every nation under the sun is blessed. Anybody willing to accept and believe is blessed. I will now, I'm going to bless you with blessing. That's what he told him. Well, let's look at some of these parallels from today's story before we wrap up. Tie you into uh, the bigger picture here. The land of Moriah. You remember me mentioning that in the very beginning? You can look at your notes in the scripture text. It says he told him to go to the land of Moriah. Well, the land of Moriah, from where he was, was what later was known as Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Interesting. Yes? Well, that puts it near the same place that Jesus would later be crucified. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, got a good one for you. This is my own thoughts, but probably on the point. Since God knew the mountain he was sending Abraham to, do you think it's likely that it was probably the same mountain where Christ eventually was crucified? Yeah. <laughs> Amen, right? How about this part of this parallel? Abraham made Isaac, I wrote it, carry his own cross. Isaac carried his own cross. Get the wood, let's go. I'll carry the lightweight fire. It weighs nothing. It weighs the stick I'm holding it with. You carry the wood. Isaac carried his own cross up the mountain. He laid the wood of the burnt offering on his son Isaac. Jesus carried his cross to the same mountain. Isaac, here's an interesting one, something I pulled out of the story. You didn't think of it this way. Isaac, like Jesus, trusted his father and was willing to die. What makes you say that? Isaac was not a child anymore. He was strong enough to carry the wood up a mountain. And his dad's over a hundred and some years old because Isaac was born when he was hundred. You think he could have overtaken his father? Definitely. But he didn't. Story doesn't say he wrestled him, he fought with him, nothing. He was more of a young boy. He was more than just a young boy to carry the wood. He probably could have fought off his father, but he didn't. That means he was willing. And the final parallel of the story is God tested Abraham to give up what he called his only son, knowing that later he would actually give up his only son for us. It's a great parallel to this story. I get excited when I find out these kind of, you pull these nuggets out of scripture. I'd known that one for a while, but I even pulled more out of it. The Moriah Mountain, all that, like that was all new to me. I, I've always known that Isaac was a representation of Christ, 
But I didn't realize, what I pulled out of the story that was new to me was that Isaac carried his own wood up the mountain just like Jesus carried his cross. I'd never realized that before. I also hadn't realized that Moriah was later known as Mount Zion in the same area, that same region. So that was where Jesus was most likely crucified. And like I said, it said, God said, I'm going to show you where to go. So I bet it was the same place. I'm a betting man. Not really. but Here we go, guys. We're going to close up. Oh, man, right on time. Two questions I challenge us with this week. Two. What is my special treasure, and do I trust God with it? That was a two-part question. And ask yourself this this week. Am I really willing to trust God in everything? Am I really willing to trust God in everything? Do I have Abraham faith? Do I have Abraham faith? I think these glasses fell on the floor because it's a sign I should put them back on. Close up these glasses. Thanks to Angelina. Perfect. Thank you. Are you willing to trust God with everything? Are you willing to take Pastor serious because he's wearing those glasses? Ask yourself those questions this week, really. Honestly. Come back next week, pull me to the side, and say, you know, Pastor, I thought about what you said, and this is what I came up with. I would be encouraged to hear at least one person do that next week. So challenge yourself with those questions. Let's pray. Father, I lift up this church family to you, Lord. I'm so grateful, Lord, for what you're doing here at the Rivers Church. I, I'm going to continue to show up, Lord, in the natural and let you do the supernatural. I'm going to try my best, Lord, to show a glimpse of the faith that Abraham trusted into you, Lord. Wow. Lord, you have so much in your word that you want to give us and feed us, Lord, so that we can get to know you better, Lord. Sometimes it just gets more and more and more and more amazing of what I find in your word, Lord. And I thank you that you give me the opportunity to come up here and share it. Father, I pray over these people, Lord. I pray over their week. I pray over their lives. I pray over their heart. I pray over their mind, Lord God. Fill them up, Lord God. Fill them with your spirit, Lord God. Let it be the sign, Lord, that they pray healing for people, that they do miraculous signs, Lord God, the things that we talked about last week, Lord. Lord, I lift up this family to you, Lord. I thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.